0: Hello ladies and gents, welcome back to the AJ Roberts Show. Today we're here live in the studio and we are with a special guest, Uh, I'm sure doesn't need many introductions, Mr Tommy Robinson. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good mate. Very busy man. We've been trying to do the show for a while but Tommy's been quite busy making documentaries. Um, Many of you will know Tommy from many years previous, obviously with his involvement with the English Defence League. Uh, which kind of made Tommy kind of like, I guess, come to fame, so to speak, and everyone to know who you were. Yep. Um, but from then, like, your journey's been significantly different, hasn't it? You've like, taken a different s- step, but you've also you know, you've been doing what, what many would call God's work, really. i say since, two fa- yeah, since 2015, that's when
1: I was looking at journalism. Mm. Wanting to show the public what I see. Mm. So the problems I've seen, all the problems I hear, is then just getting them into the public. Yeah, So they can understand what's going on in different towns and cities. So I wish I'd done it five years earlier. Yeah, yeah. When I started the English Defence League, I wish I'd have recorded and documented. I did actually. The, the very first demonstration under the English Defence League was a group called United People of Luton. And I paid £450 for a wedding cameraman and said, We're holding a rally. Um, I want you to come and record the whole day. And he recorded the whole day and I cut it into a 10 minute video. And it's that 10 minute video that actually spun to the English Defence League because I went on all different football messaging boards saying people are looting bad enough, people are looting and standing up, and then the next one's now. Mm. And, um, and it was that first video, but then we just went into the demonstrations, and back then it was that talking to people
0: on the street instead of reaching to, reaching to a lounge and talking to them on this. Mm. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, I mean, you've gone full circle in that and haven't lived and seen that in looting with your own eyes. Again, you're, you're only reporting a document on what you actually see, whereas like, this part of the world, for example, doesn't have any of those kind of issues. It's a very beautiful part of the world. That's what makes it very quiet. So that's, people just don't get it. They, only, yeah. they then resort to what they see on the mainstream media. And then what they see on the mainstream media is a version of Tommy Robinson's that's completely opposite from what you've actually been doing and documenting. Yeah, yeah. there's no problem. So
1: like, they want everyone to believe that we live in this beautiful utopia, mm. which we don't. There is There are problems. When you introduce other cultures, other ide- ideologies into towns and cities, all I do is document or talk about this is what you've imported. Mm-hmm. These are the crimes now being committed. This is the mindset. This is how, we d- how the differences is. And, and with Islam, it's like oil and water. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've seen growing up my whole life in Luton. Yeah. Not, again, not every single Muslim is like oil and water, but per se as a community. And I say it because I can look at, my mum was an Irish immigrant. We've got 30,000 Irish, 40,000 Polish, um, St. Lucians, Jamaicans, Italians, Luton has got everyone. But when you throw Islam into the mix, the Islamic community,
0: the integration is not there, mm. the assimilation's not there. Do you do you think that is down to the actually being attached to a religion itself? Yeah, I never knew what it was down to. When I was growing up,
1: I put it down to Pakistanis. They're mm. so different. Mm. They're aggressive. They have a. They're hostile. Yeah? in general, per se, in comparison, at school they were just mm. totally different. As a, they, everything was a gang. Mm. Every, there was never anything normal. It was just gang and male-dominated. Groups of men. But well, We'd come out of school and there would been 30 men waiting at of school. If mm. There'd been a problem with one of the kids. It's like, what's going on? And you'd never see that of any other community. So I always put it down to the fact it was Pakistanis. It's only when in 2011, so I started the English Defence League in 2009, I got sent to jail in 2011 for illegally in America. Stupid, stupid thing I've done. Well... I I flew to America on someone else's passport. I got in, mad. Wasn't Donald Trump, was no, really. <laughs> I mean, it? No, I got I got detained. Yeah? So so the year before, I went to America in 2010 for the for the anniversary, of September 11th, and I was due to speak there. 2009, uh, 2010, and 2010, um, and I landed. And as I landed, the the, the airplane doors opened, the police with guns. Well. and I've been telling the air hostesses, we, were, we just started the English Feds League, so we were talking about what we are doing. I said, ah, oh, they they're hating us in the UK, the government the establishment. And then when the, pla- when the doors turned up and the police announced yeah, they're hating us here as well. And then as I walked through, they're like, you, here. And I got held, I got detained, six hours, and then I got deported. Mm. So the next year, I thought, I've got a warning to give America. Um... They need that warning. I wish someone could, could have come to Lou in my hometown, 30 years ago, and said, if you allow this, yeah, if you allow there to go from one mosque when I was born in 1982 to 40, mm. which we've got now, here's what's going to happen. Yeah? Here's what's going to happen to your freedom. Here's what's going to happen to your women. Here's I wish someone would have warned us. So I thought, it's an important warning. Um, and back then, if I believe I'm writing something, I'll just do it. Mm. Um, and stupidly. And I flew to America next year on my friend's passport. I took his passport, I grew, I grew a load of stuff off of the face, so I looked a bit like him, uh, which I'm gutted about, because he's short, chubby. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I got through, I got through. And, 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 only, and when I got to the same place I was at the year before, they took my passport, I handed my passport in, and they went out there, and they put it in a folder, one more spot. I thought, that's where I got Nick last year. That's exactly where I know what's going on here. So then as soon as done that, I said, all right. And I, as I started walking there, I was like, out of the airport. Out the airport, I got out, I mm. left my case, and my cousin flew to. There's two airports in New York, so I flew to JFK. He flew to that one. So then I I, I got out of the airport, I chipped, jumped in a taxi, and then I was waiting. So as the doors come through, I was sitting there. My cousin went, "You got in?" I said, "Sort of." Like, <laughs> they know I'm here, yeah. and um, and then I got another part, and then I flew home. I flew to Ireland, then, and I'm like, "But I gave a speech off New York State Center, mm. so." But then I was arrested six weeks later. Please shut the M25 uh, back open with we our tasers on us. There was a group of things, Defense League supporters. And I was remanded. I spent 22 weeks in solitary confinement. Wow. Yeah. And in that 22 weeks, that's when a Muslim outreach organisation sent me a Quran. Yeah. Um, they said, hey, Tommy, we want to reach out to you. They're trying to convert me to Islam as I was in jail. And I took the Quran. I thought, you know what? I'm 22. 23 and a half hours a day on my own in a room. Let's have a look at this, yeah? So I just, and I challenge anyone to do it, yeah? Take the book and just make references. So in fact, I'm trying now to turn this into a new book mm. where the references to make it very easy for people to understand. So the references were, um, do not be friends with Christians or Jews. So verse number this, verse. Before I knew it, I had three or four pages of just verses. Mm. I'm not... Everything that I'd seen just fell into place. I went, it's this. This is why they don't integrate. This is why they're not friends with us at school. This is why you have a Muslim playground and a non-Muslim playground. Yeah? This indoctrination. From the age of four, from the age of understanding, they are told me to be friends with Christians and Jews. Mm. I just, it all just was so simple. I was like, oh my God. And then I made references on women. And then I made references on non-Muslims. And I started making references on all the different problematic things I'd seen and writing the verses that support it. Mm. And before I knew it, I was like, and that's when I, I come up with the idea of writing Muhammad's Quran. Um, and I've on studying and understanding, to understand abrogation in Islam, what Muhammad said later in his life supersedes what he said earlier. Mm. So yes, there are peaceful verses. And in Muhammad's first 10 years of his life, he was a very peaceful preacher. Mm. Then he introduced slavery, war, jihad. Yeah, And so what he says later, if there's two contradicting verses and in Islam, this isn't me saying it, this is their ideology, then what he says later supersedes what he said earlier. So, peaceful
0: verses, are, they're outwritten mm. by the, the violent jihad that comes later. Do, do you think, like, an underlying deep down agenda knew all this and caused the mass immigration on purpose now, to, bring, to bring, and this is what I'm seeing as well, yeah. and yeah. having been to, like, Iraq, Afghanistan, and stuff like that, so mm. even Sierra Leone in the past, and seeing all that with my own eyes, mm. having worked at Portland Down for two years and seeing stuff with my own eyes, yeah. Like, I can see, uh, I'm seeing that, like, Sweden's now the rich capital of Europe. It's, it's not like, they, 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 they don't know. Yeah, yeah, so Anyone can have a brain. That's what I mean. So fact, it's all about displacing communities, isn't it? Like, uh, at a community level, and then, and then the household. Yeah. Which is the attack. Yeah.
1: So, if essentially, did I play into their hands with the English Defence League? Because we were going against each other as communities, but we were all being played. Mm. Now, I look at it. Is the breakdown? They have purposely broke down. When people talk about communities, I think well, we have a real strong community in Lewin. Yeah, a working class, strong community where everyone knew everyone. Yeah, you imported other communities into it that destroyed it. Mm. Yeah? And then when we talk about it, you then call us racist bigots. Yeah? Mm. You, when you've destroyed and displaced and attacked, which is what we've witnessed in the town, we're not even allowed to talk about it. But now I do. Now my mindset has moved into looking at what's happening from the Islamic immigration from all immigration but not just immigration it, it, it now plays in with the attack on family it plays in with the transgenderism that's being promoted it plays in with all of it I'd say it's an orchestrated organised um, mm. displacement and attack on community and the weakening of community the weakening of family um, the breakdown of society in order to form a mass displaced mm. whilst we're all warring or fighting with each other mm. we're not looking at them and I say them, it's the elitists who are controlling all of us who want to control all of us we want mm. to enslave every one of us. Mm. And, and that's more becoming apparent from the average person now understanding that. I don't understand that. Mm. Yeah? I used to hear people talk about different things and, and there'd be labels conspiracy theorists. and I was just My focus was, I'm just talking about what I'm seeing in Lewin. Now, then it progresses from Lewin, And then when I formed the English Fence League, I realised, well, Lewin's a blueprint for every town and city. It might be nice here now.
0: Mm. Yeah?
1: But that it's going like that mm. it's going to go like that yeah so the problems are what we faced they're going to be faced by every town city mm. every town city in the Islamic community is facing the yeah. um, If when, when, when I started putting together Mohammed's Quran I wrote a book called Muhammad's Quran Why Muslims Kill for Islam and I went back through uh, leaders of armies former prime ministers I went back through everyone and everyone was all very honest about what Islam was for our history mm. no one ever said an interpretation of Islam no one Islam is a religion of peace. Was no, there's no statement saying that mm. until George W. Bush after September 11th. Talk about spread a line that goes around the world, yeah? because now it's just repeated by everyone. Yeah. Well, up until that point, you know, scholars, Islamic scholars, politicians, everyone accepted Islam was a war manual. Yeah? Muhammad was a warrior. Everyone accepted that. So there's no way that these super intelligent people, even like Boris Johnson, look, he wrote a, book, he wrote a bit of a comedy sketch on Islam before the 7-7 bombings. I forget the name of it, but he's sort of mocking Islam and the violence within Islam, and um, the 477 bombings, and it was all talked. Of, and when he's writing this book, it's all talked about like it's a bit of a joke because it's happening in the Middle East. And I think he releases his book, and six months later, it's in London. Yeah, it's not a joke anymore, isn't it? Mate? Mm. It's here. Yeah, but you understand it, and you know by the book he understands it, so he gets what Islam is.
0: Mm.
1: And they're, they're all just. And even now, I
0: think we had the most migrants that have come through the border yesterday and whatever never come through. See, on on that note, something that I've noticed as well, just from the pictures we're seeing, is that you never see these migrants actually in the dinghies. We only see them on the main boat at the port all wearing face masks and they're all fighting age males. NGOs are going out there in massive boats. They literally just get
1: 20 metres off off the coast. And then these organised NGOs, which are all organised, funded, by many people who want the destruction of borders, who want open borders with different ideas, such as George Soros and these different mass organisations and corporations... That want this, yeah, are literally collecting them and bringing them to Europe. Mm. They're not traveling even halfway here.
0: They don't look like they travel far. They're just getting
1: picked up. Mm. It's a taxi service. There's a taxi service being run. And when Salvini got in power in Italy and he started clamping their mm. ships, the organization's doing that. that's why they got rid of him. Mm. I think he'll win the next election. So there's a lot of pressing times that are coming across Europe. But look, when it comes to those refugees, when I was 11 or 12, Amir. So I was 11 or 12 and we had the bishops who were family in Marot and it was after the Kosovo conflict and Sonia and Ray Bishop, their son was my age as well, they welcomed a family from Kosovo who, Muslim family, a lad, his sister and his mum. The dad was murdered at war. That's a refugee. If you met that family now you'd be proud of our country for giving him Mm. giving him a home he is, he's grown up with us in, in our estate he's mm. on school with us um, he, I, I, I remember sitting talking to him when England played he's out he's he is a very successful hardworking young lads who come here that's a genuine refugee mm. and I don't think there's anyone who's sitting listening, watching any conflict anywhere who's against these people mm. being helped yeah? but as you said 50, 60, 100 1250 yesterday all males mm. all the age 20 to 35 fighting age men yeah mm. All of them coming in every day. This is not refugees, the, oh. and the majority of them are economic migrants. They've gone through fifteen safe countries to get it.
0: Mm. Yeah? We can't help the world. And but so there's a lot of reports coming out now, and a lot of hotel workers are actually like piping up. who work in these hotels, and saying that these people, are, that these men, are staying in these hotels, but they're also getting taken off to do some kind of training places in the morning. Like yeah, that. they're doing work. All of, my
1: mate works in on one of these hotels, mm. so my mate works in one. So he sends me footage. I went to one the other day. Um, I walked through one the other day, just full. And, there, and there's four. In that one town, there's four hotels that are full. So five million pounds a day we're spending. Yeah? And the, pro- the problem of it is, and, and do I blame them? I said it when I'm out to a hotel and I meet all these young men. They're all young men. I don't really blame them mm. at all. If you've got we don't
0: know what they're being told, they're rent, do No, yeah. the other
1: end, you've got a life of luxury. Mm. Yeah, go over there, you get a free house, and they do, it's not a lie, yeah. they do. You get put up in a four-star hotel, you get free meals a day. Mm. When, when it comes to this winter and this life, uh, cost of living crisis that's been orchestrated again because of Ukraine, when, when we come to this and our uh, people's grandparents, or even mothers and that, can't afford to heat their houses, these lot, they're in four-star hotels, mm. being paid for by us. Mm. And on the floor outside the hotels, well, my mate put one up the other day in, in the city centre, he said, look at this, it's all refugees." he goes, look at this.
0: And there's two English people asleep, unconscious on the floor, homeless, mm-hmm. and probably ex-servicemen. I, I think even, even our elderly, like, it happened in the winter just gone, or even in the, the early spring, travelling around on, on their bus passes, so they're not cold sat in the houses, like, yeah. And, you know, we talk about, like, modern day in slavery, but again people use their subconscious to think the word what does slave mean to them but because we've been fed the ideology of person usually of colour with a chain around the neck with a ball in like really old times you don't you don't correspond the two. Where in fact if you cannot physically afford to live and at the expense of some bullshit bills and stuff, like is that not in slavery? Yeah, I have been watching that's what I can tell you, I've been watching him say about that's
1: what we're all becoming. It's mm. just that's what they want. And I never and as I said, these were conspiracy theories. Mm. And with COVID and yeah. Covid come in with the vaccine, with the closing down of people's businesses, forcing how many small businesses did they destroy? It was almost three hundred
0: thousand that one year yeah. gone for good
1: because they want them gone because mm. the corporations step in, and that's when you see that there's these how many main corporations are controlling the world? Like Black Rock, then they want to control the world, mm. and that when they well they are controlling the world, they don't want to, but they want rid of the middle class. Mm. They don't want you being successful. No. They don't want you aspiring, as, as, as they say. They don't want you knowing anything, either. No, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Mm. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. And and what's been a good process for them, not good process, but a very enlightening process, I'd say, for a lot of people. <laughs> I've been slandered, attacked, demonised for 15 years by the mainstream, by the media, by politicians. Now, if they'd lied about... Now people are seeing people who spoke out against vaccines they're then getting discredited and destroyed they're getting called far right yeah? mm-hmm. they get all these labels the same labels they just attacked to us with they're losing jobs they're losing livelihoods and they've sort of um, they've exposed themselves with the latest because before the sense of people there was only a couple of us mm. you know? the people under attack was only a couple of us now it's everyone mm. you speak out and the problem which people watching this if you even left wing people watching this what is acceptable to say today you know, is isn't going to be next week. No. It's changing. Mm. You know? And it changes how they want it to change. Mm. So like now you see the LGBTQ plus minorly attracted people. That's next. That's what's coming next. Mm. Yeah. They want to recognise paedophilia as a sexuality. Yeah. That's coming
0: next. So I've putting leaflets in libraries. I've seen them. I don't know. It's literally a picture of a, a, a man. Yeah. There's always a man. Um, grabbing a kid and then t- trying to tell the kid to not be too scared and just shout the word Peter. actually look at who it is first and like, make a judgment call. That's like, yeah. if they're trying to normalise it. Yeah, they are not, well, they are normalising it. Yeah. Professors for, in the United
1: States. And, I, and I, when I went to America, I saw a way to America saying, what happens here is coming there. Yeah? So the immigration issue, they think they've had a problem with, um, with Mexican immigration. They ain't got a clue mm. of what's coming now with their open border policy, Two billion this year. Yeah? Mm. The knock-on effects are going to come from this. Um, in a generation. And, and 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 how do you stop it? It's like, like the demographical change. When you look mm. around, I remember looking around in an the state and just Farley mm. Hill where we where are family from. I like, what the hell's happened here?
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: Just like that. Just like and that, and that comes from five point six children on average from the Islamic community, one point three children on average from ours. So mm. you money just born. I looked at the Manchester statistics, this is where it should worry and alarm everybody. Mm. Manchester Went from twenty five thousand to fifty thousand Muslims in ten years. Ten years later, fifty thousand to one hundred thousand. Yeah. So every ten years, it's doubling. Okay? That one hundred thousand will become two hundred thousand. Then when two hundred thousand becomes four hundred thousand, you're only talking 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. You know? It's only half a million people in Manchester. Like mm-hmm. So we are, and and the biggest sort of, and what how they say it is they go, oh, we're only five percent, and we hear that all the time. We're only a minority. You want us to continue sitting back while the country changes
0: demographically like mm-hmm. that? But that's all that's happened with everything, though. Like, we've been, uh, well, we have been programmed and brainwashed into positions where you just end up just sitting back and letting things happen until it's too late. Well, and the reason for that is because you're fine, well, there's purpose.
1: Everyone's financed up to the hill, which is where they want you. Mm. You're relying, you're reliant on them. You've got a bit, everyone's got a semi-comfortable life because they've just been printing money and printing money, printing money. So if you speak to your mum and dad, they struggle. Mm. I speak to my mum. They're in poverty, real poverty. Yeah. my mum was one of eight children they didn't have money for anything yeah. right now everyone has got money for the latest gadgets everyone has by everyone is quite comfortable mm-hmm. yeah.
0: everyone's quite comfortable on finance because it's not theirs mm-hmm. it's finance and the fact that both people in the household have to work have now. to work you can't have feminism Yeah, you can't, yeah, can't, have, mom can't, you can't have one person they can't afford to now no that's it they have to have two cars purposely done mm-hmm. all purpose
1: I'd say all orchestrated and organised when you're looking now because then you can't step out of line, mm. which the social credit system will make sure that, the one they won't implement in the future. But you won't be able to step out of line because then you get penalised financially, mm. whether it be for climate change, whatever reason they're going to give. But mm. most people, I remember when English Defence League started, I looked around our lads, our football lads, and a lot of them were worried about getting involved. And I get it, because I was as well. I, I use the name Tony Robinson, That's, that, <laughs> obviously that isn't my name, yeah? and I wore a mask because I was scared like everyone else. So everyone's like, Jesus, you just... I said, no, I didn't. I was the same as everyone else. I had, at that time, two two successful businesses, and between me and my partner at the time, we had seven properties. Yeah? <laughs> then the interest changed the come and I couldn't keep my mouth shut. So I wanted to say things, but I also wanted a comfortable life. I mm-hmm. also wanted to be a success. Yeah? I also wanted to get myself, my family, me and my family, out of the situation I was in, in Luton. So I was in a position where I could have just moved out of the time, yeah, mm-hmm. and I could have lived quite a comfortable life. But, and that's where most people are. And I don't, and I, and I, I
0: guess at times I'll say you're a coward, but you're not, because I was a coward. Mm. Yeah? I was that same person. So do you think, obviously, that's been the case, well, with mass amount of celebrities and stuff like that? I clearly know what's gone on in the last two years, for example, but just hid behind their brands, still sold books. Or keeping their mouth shut. Certain mm. ones haven't, have they? No.
1: Certain ones have come out and spoke, mm. and they've been... Massively attacked. Oh, well, Matty
0: is one. Look at yeah, and
1: he stood and he stood on it. Mm. He stood on it. He stood on it. He's right, and the public will. I bet. You, I bet you the response he gets when he goes down to Southampton. I bet it's very
0: positive. Yeah, well, I spent a lot of time with Matt recently. Mm. We did a live show in Southampton, and it was actually that week leading up to it that uh, these newspapers suddenly come out and were actually paraphrasing stuff he said in a normal podcast like this. <laughs> so I'm like, you're actually telling the world what he's saying, and it. If you, that doesn't make sense to anybody I don't know what it was yeah. and, and they put a link to the podcast great. so the views shot up right, like right up and then yeah. sold twice as many tickets so everyone's like oh, I want to hear what he's got to say now which is great but, they, mm. but, they, but, but through their censorship and then their demonisation mm.
1: you'd think, you'd think I'm, I always think I'm the most hated man in Britain yeah? you know, come for a walk through, come for a walk through any town of a meeting mm. come into a pub with me mm. I'm not hated mm. yeah? I'm hated by people who aren't but so many people now are listening learning and reading yeah? mm. so many people now uh, looking, thinking, no, this isn't right, yeah? COVID done that. Mm. Very, very beneficial for many many of us who have been marginalised because many, I read lots of comments. If you go on my, I give a talk at Oxford University, just, I just, if I want to just, I just read the comments, Yeah, you know, and underneath and people say, Jesus, I hated this dude. Mm. I don't know why I hate him. Mm. You hate him because you've been told things about me. Mm. You've been told the person I am, yeah? And that doesn't, that doesn't just happen to me, it's happened to Matt Lassiter, mm. you know? it, and, and what I realised is, the narrative. Yeah? I always thought it was me. I thought they don't like me because I'm working class. They don't like me because the, the elitists have this very classist view that, I sh- that we should just sh- sit down and shut up. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. how I always felt. Yeah, that Because we come from poor backgrounds, they don't like us. They don't care about us. They don't give a shit about us. That's why they've let all our daughters be raped in Tamsin Seas because they do not care. Mm-hmm. That's how I always thought. Then then I thought, then when I watched this Amber, Amber Her draw with Johnny Depp, I realised that no The narrative is what's important and it doesn't matter who gets in that way. So I got in the way of what they're pushing. So I must be destroyed. Mm. Now, if Johnny Depp, because he went to court in high court in in, in London, the same high court that's ruled against me and gave me an injunction and showed, I've got lots of evidence that proves what I've said was true, but I've got an injunction I'll go straight to jail if I ever share it with the public. I'll show you. You used to see the film. The Mm. film details everything. I made a film. The judge gave me an injunction. You have shown me on that in two years. So but that's just evidence. Yeah. It's just, I wore an undercover camera. So you, you might have seen on the news that you might have seen that I'm bankrupt, I've got hit for 1.2 million, nearly 2 million million pound now, because I said that a Syrian refugee in a school in the north of England had attacked girls and the British public were not being tro- told the true story about what happened. They said I lied. Yeah. Um, a mother come out and put online saying that her daughter had been beaten up by him. I spoke to multiple mums at that school. Yeah. I've done my research as a journalist. And then I made a video saying, you're being lied to. He's a problematic kid, right? He does this, he does that. They took me to a high court in London. I'm sitting thinking, when this blew up on the news, and it blew up worldwide news, they that, and this is where the narrative important Because the, there was a story where an English boy poured a bottle of water on a Syrian refugee. And then all of a sudden, it, Piers Morgan's talking about it, Jeremy Vine's talking about it, Chinese news is talking about it, Israeli news is talking about it, American CNN's pumping it. This has gone. The biggest news story. And then I'm finding out it's not true. Yeah? So I'm thinking, well, why are no teachers talking about this? Yeah? Why are they the teachers coming out and saying, hold oh, on a minute? Yeah? So I'm watching it all. So then when they take me to court, I go and wear a hidden camera. And I go and knock on the head teacher's door. And, I, and he, I'm on his door and he says, you'll never get the truth out of it, I feel okay. I said, mate, what I need to know yeah, is what I've reported and what's been said. And he says, um, I'm not allowed to talk about it. I so, said, right, but I, you can see they're, they're prosecuting me, saying I've lied. Yeah? I need to get the truth out there. He says you won't be able to, and I, and I said, what do you mean? and he goes on to explain that he's been given a non disclosure agreement and paid. Yeah? Not, to, and I, I say that's that's hush money. Yeah, to, is it is it to prevent you telling the truth about the Syrian refugee? He says, yeah. Then a packet. I go to an Asian teacher's house, Pakistani teachers. Yeah? He comes up the house. He says, Tommy, I took the money. I got a camera. I said, what do you mean you took the money? I said, they paid me. I said, who paid you? Kirkley's Council. I said, Kirkley's Council paid you. Why would they pay you? And how much did they pay you? you know, £18,000. I said, you're not even involved in this story. He goes, nah, bro. Uh, he goes, and, and then I go to the chair of Governor's House, because you know, I'm looking for a son who's a teacher. And she looks and says, my son can't talk to you. I said, oh, don't tell me. Non-disclosure agreement. Really. She goes, that's She says, I can't talk to you. you I said, <laughs> Who are you? She said, I'm the chair of governors. I said, so they paid the chair of governors. Yeah? And every teacher, I find out, right from the records, the kid gets caught with a knife and a screwdriver in the school. Right? That's not my opinion. This is the Syrian refugee. He gets caught in possession, a knife and a screwdriver in his back. Yeah? This is the kid who was invited to our parliament. So when I look at all this, I disrupted that narrative, so I had to get destroyed. The woman, a woman come out and said he beat up her daughter. She then puts out a retraction statement. So I go and knock on her door with hidden footage and say, You've attracted your story," she said. "Tommy, they threatened to rape me." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, so did, is what you said true?" She said, "Yes, Tommy, but I'm too scared, and I've got to live here." So I make all this into a film called *Silence* mm. about how they were silenced. Mm. The whole school—do you know they closed the school down? No way. No, that straight away. The head teacher, who's worked 25 years, he's crying in the footage. The head teacher's worked 25 years. He said, "I joined, I joined, I joined education to help poor children." okay, that's why, and, and, and you could, I could feel the passion of the man when I sat with him, yeah, I went away, saying, said, what a great man, yeah, but, and he, was, he said, I'm politically so different to you, Tommy, yeah, he goes, so he's, he's left wing, I don't care, yeah? but he says, I've, I joined education to help poor people and they, dist- and they got rid of me, he goes, when this happened, they, he goes, when I say they, Theresa May was talking about this at a UN conference, mm-hmm. you know, this, this school incident, they said, get rid of it, they come up, they sat him down, they threatened him with his pension they said, Sign this now. Yeah. he signed it the head teacher 25 years and they escorted him off the school property and he's never worked a day since he said my
0: thing that I had to sign, I'm not even allowed to talk to the other teachers we're just going to show you the level of censorship even at that micro level at a school imagine and where it, that's going to do you know how much you spend oh stupid right
1: £550,000 on non-disclosure I put in free freedom of information I said mm-hmm. how much you spend and they were trying to get around the questions yeah? Yeah. in the end they had to answer it because it's freedom of information they spent £550,000 on non-disclosure agreements and in the film we look at why. Yeah? And the why, the why, this is the problem why I say why. The United Nations uh, Refugee Resettlement Programme with the Tory government, uh, to the Tory government, invited 20,000 Syrian refugees. This boy was one of them. Yeah? If you've hid this, which you have, and I can prove you have, and I did prove you have, but you give me an injunction saying I'll go to jail I've never if I have If shelter. If you've hid this, what have you hit about the other nineteen thousand nine hundred? What the hell is going on? And why have you hit it? You've hit it because it because it politically challenges your idea, your, what you've done. Yeah? Now, when Amber when when Amber Heard's trial was going on, I realised because I used to, I feel sorry for myself sometimes, you know, thinking it's about me. I realised it's not about me because Johnny Depp went to the High Court in London. Yeah, he produced evidence. He produced police officers. He produced. And they ruled against him. So the British court, although we got to see that he was innocent, the British court found that he beat Amber Heard twelve times. Yeah. Why? Because it fits the narrative. The narrative being pumped was the male dominant, male abusive, yeah. poor female victim.
0: Beating women up. Beating
1: women up. It didn't matter, that Amber it didn't matter yeah. to anyone, at least of all the High Court judge.
0: So the judge who ruled against me. But also it creates a massive worldwide distraction from all the other stuff. That's what they're doing
1: yeah. And the judge who ruled against me, Joey Found. I produced footage of seven teachers, yeah? all of them. One teacher, I said, I asked two questions. What were they like, the two kids, for the instant? Yeah? All of them loved one kid, said he was a lovely boy, and he had a bad upbringing, and he was, he was a really nice kid. And as soon as I mentioned the Syrian refugee, I had one, one woman teacher said, oh, you couldn't even speak to him as a female. You could not speak to him. He was invited to our parliament. He was put on every news channel mm-hmm. as, a, yeah. as a lovely little child. Mm-hmm. And, and this is what, and I don't blame that kid either because what I say in the film is he's a victim. He's had a very traumatic upbringing. He's been in a place of war and then he's been plopped into a school in our mm-hmm. country. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not going to be easy for him. No, it? no, of course not. It's not going to be easy for him. But his situation was used. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And it was used to pump an open border policy. Yeah? And, it would, and when I say pump, the bottle of water poured on the kid and say, in, say it was in November. The video don't go viral till mid-December. Now, when the video goes viral, because i research researched everything about it, when the video goes viral is when the law firm, who worked with the government on many issues, and the Home Office, because the Home Office are involved from the start. Yeah, Home Office get involved, six weeks later, the video is released and made, made to go viral. That's my point is. This wasn't national world news. You made it national world news. And you blew it up. Six weeks later, and they put it. They put a, a, they put a criminal record check in on the boy and his dad. The result comes back here, literally six <laughs> hours later. The video is around <laughs> yeah? It's planned. It's planned. They planned it. They've done it. It's planned. And, and what I realised with Amber, with Amber, her trial is you get in the way of that narrative. So that's what I'm, uh, the film wasn't really. It was about. But it's a great film if, if people were ever able to watch it. Yeah. But I'll go straight out But which is insane in itself. So the, ju- the judge found that seven teachers, what he says in his sum this is the most intellectual head judge of our country. Yeah? He said, seven teachers come to court, seven teachers, I produced covert footage of seven teachers saying what what the boy was like, yeah? saying, and I produced all the evidence, he gets caught with a knife, I produced footage of a recording of another boy saying he stabbed me. Yeah? School records say the word stabbed. Yeah? The judge, at the end of it all, because <laughs> he doesn't allow the public to understand what's going on. The judge, at the end of all, five children come to court. One girl comes to court. Right? This is how it's corrupt the whole judiciary is. One girl comes to court, and she says... I said to her, she didn't like me. I knocked on her door. I went. I knocked on about 100 doors to get the evidence I needed. Yeah, I knocked on this girl's door, and she was like... She gets she gets homeschooled, because yeah? she had, a bad, she had a trouble at school. But I was, I was wondering about how she was on the spectrum when I first met her. She is studying law, she was the, in the school records. I said, you're the only pupil who to get one negative. Yeah? Why are you here at this high court trial? So she was brought up to me to, to believe that the truth mattered. Yeah? And he beat her up with a hockey stick. So she came to court and testified, he beat her up with a hockey stick. Five pupils come to court and testified. Yeah? The judge said, sometimes people lie. They don't need a reason to lie. I can't explain why they're lying, but I found that they're lying. Okay. Five kids come and commit perjury, say, risk jail. They don't even know me, these kids. Yeah. They travelled from, from Huddersfield to London court to give evidence in a traumatic court case to be grilled, yeah, with all the media there. And you know the media, this is where you want to know the corruption of the media. It's quite funny because when when the five witnesses got up, our five, the five witnesses, one 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 boy testified, he was 11 years old when he was getting beat up by the boy who was 15, a Syrian refugee. He got him in a headlock, called his mum a fat white slag. Yeah. Right. So he gets up to testify this. When the, when it gets to the witnesses, all of the media got up and walked out for really? I said to the judge, if this isn't a corrupt, what, what is going on? So everything I've said, these five witnesses are now going to contrary and, and you're going to know that I've told the truth. Yeah? Mm. So all the, all the media just left court. So not mm. one of the, what they said was reported. It's, I started laughing. I said like, Judge, like, are you watching this? But then at the end, and, and I totally thought I'd won the case. And do you know, I had a gentleman help me who's a journalist. I had a gentleman help me with the case because um, I, I represent myself. But when I say I prepared, we prepared so well on this case. And when I, he had, he had a, pretty much had a breakdown at the end of it. He could not believe that our judiciary was corrupt. He said, oh, I cannot fathom what he's done, the judge. I cannot fathom that he's found that those kids lied. Mm. Not just kids lied, but he found that, on covert recording, seven teachers lied.
0: On, on yeah, that. but and he found that the only person telling the truth was a. Uh, what's um? One of the on, on that note, one of the you know the big question I have always wanted to ask you is like, you know, you, you've done so much amazing work like exposing obviously all the grooming gangs in different parts of the country and stuff like that. But like, when you get up in the morning, like, what is it that actually drives you? Because I, I, obviously, there's a massive element of the children. You know, there's, big been,
1: there's That's changed over the years. So part of it, which was when I was running the English Fence League, was a... Would it be a bit of this? Would it be a conflict with me and the police? It was what they were doing to me and my family. Mm. So, so I'd done certain things just to get back at them mm. at the time. Did you treat it almost like a sport? Like No, it was sort of like... You're enjoying You're it. not beating me. Mm. Yeah, You're not beating me. You're not silencing me... Because say like I had my missus, uh, ex-missus at the Times, my missus at the Times, Dad come round, when I think there were fre- there were threats to attack her with acid, police intelligence, that this was going to happen. And he said, stop. You've got to stop. Mm. And I said, am I right in what I'm saying? So I'm not arguing if you're right or not, Yeah, I said, so why should I stop? Because people are threatening to kill me. I said like... I said that is for me. I, I, that that doesn't. If someone says don't draw a cartoon of I'm going to draw ten. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's what I'm going to do. Mm. If you, te- I've always been like that. Whether it be a bit rebellious, I've always been. No, well, I, I struggle, and I think even Ezra Levant realised this. Ezra Levant took me on and employed me for Rebel Media. Mm. Probably thought Jesus, this geezer's an, ar- a- a- an arsehole to have mm. working for him. And he explained it at the end. He, go- he goes to me at the end. He goes, Tommy, we're going our separate ways. Yet. right. I love it. I love your work you do. He goes, but I feel like I'm trying to put lightning in a bottle. Because he was telling me to sit on the screen and do this sort of work. But I said, that's not for me where the work's at. The work's out on the street. Mm. For me, the stuff that needs exposing, you need to get into the town. You need to mm. get into the communities. You need to, for example, what I've done this morning, you need to find the men for me. Mm. And I think that at times, I'd say, which I'm trying to explain it, I'm in a position... Whether I want to or not. So I just launched The Rape of Britain We're on episode four. I've struggled with it. Yeah. I've struggled with it for multiple reasons. I've struggled with it. I struggled getting ready to prepare it because I know what I knew what it was going to bring. Yeah. And um, once I know what it was going to bring, it's going to bring a backlash. I've had people turn up, other mums turn up looking for me at houses. I've had them threaten to kidnap my daughters, rape my daughters. So I'm not just putting myself in the firing line and putting my family in the fire line. But I'm probably in a unique, unique position where many of these girls trust me. Mm. Um, they trust me to tell their story where they don't trust another journalist. So should I... Through, oh, So it's, wow. it's, it's been a challenge. So that's what, I, and, and I'm in a position, mm. whether I say a grateful position or a lucky position, that I'm in a position to vote on this And I'm in a position to do something about it. If I, didn't have, if I had social media still, I'd be in a position to change these things. Mm.
0: Yeah? And I've got to that position at one point. Do you find that's quite a difficult balance though? Because obviously you're getting like hit with all this like uh, horrendous like graphic mm-hmm. content. You know, and I, I, I'm, I'm saying Like over the last two years, I've been sent so much mm-hmm. graphic mm-hmm. stuff to do with like you know the traffickings do even the vaccine injuries on kids. Like all this stuff's been you know quite horrible. Sometimes it can be a lot to take. Do you know what I mean? But like, it's just constant, constant, constant. Well, it's things. negativity? Yeah, it's constant negativity. But, like that. Do, you, do you find that sometimes do you have days where you find it hard to balance just the amount of sheer negative content versus like what you're trying to achieve? Like and trying to not let it discourage me.
1: I think that whether I think that the knock-on effect of
0: all the negativity
1: has had a massive adverse effect on me mm. over the years with, with everything. Like so I always I say as men as men, you like sound right? I'm sound. Mm. Nothing can stop me. That's what you like to. Betr- I've always portrayed that. Yeah? Shut up! I'm not affected by you. I'm not affected by the police. I'm not affected by prison. I'm I'm gonna carry on. I'm gonna carry on. Mm. But then. The, but the reality is, is it does work. Mm. That Their tactics of what they're doing works, but not just their tactics. You couple that with continually hearing horrific stories every day, continually seeing the destruction in the family's face, which is why I wanted to make re- The Rape of brim because I've seen it and I think that they need to see it. Mm. It's one thing reading a girl was groomed, a girl was raped. It's another thing seeing the pain in their father's eyes. Yeah, right. That, yeah. It's another thing. Yeah? And that's what I wanted to give to the public, so they understand the seriousness mm. and the damage done, a generation on. But at times, I've I've been in, I said in the last, I've been in high places, dark places, and very low places.
0: So I what does that do for you? Because obviously, I'm a father, yeah. I've got son and daughter, um, all, you know, so many close friends with kids and stuff like that. And a lot of what I do is all pretty much been about the kids as well. But like, do, do you ever have time, times? You ever sit there just for like a few moments and actually, have, from a reflective point of view, because you are literally full on hundred miles an hour all the time. Do you ever, like, sit there reflect and actually go, like, that everything's worth it? Oh, it's worth... Yeah, it's worth it. Mm.
1: Uh, it's easy to know it's worth it in the sense... I, well, I justify to myself that it's worth it or the problems have been worth it in the sense that English Defence League forms in 2009, which is here. There's an arrest line like this for grooming gangs. It just goes like this. Mm. The investigations... I've done a, I've done a speech in <clears throat> St. Petersburg where I showed the cities where we protested And I showed them the arrests, and they're literally two years, three years, four years. Uh, So we're in the cities, and in Telford, for example, we were walking through saying Muslim pedos off our streets in 2009. The investigation started in 2011. Starts being investigated and talked about. So Mm -hmm. I think that had we not launched the English Defence League, which which some people wouldn't have been their cup of tea, it was a very male-dominated, a very...
0: Are very aggressive
1: oh, yeah. at times,
0: and the media only ever showing that yeah, they only yeah. yeah, ever showing like skinheads with... and tattoos yeah. and England flags on hooliganism based sort of like, like. And it was a mi-
1: and it was a total mix. We, we've moved from that from that uh, demographic now, but at that time that was needed. Mm. As I, I said, it I contacted Luneburg Council, tried to run a petition to have the extremists who attacked our, home, our soldiers on the homegrown parade as
0: well for the town centre. Oh, we were ignored, mm-hmm. no one wanted to talk to us. All of a sudden we start getting yeah, one of the questions I wanted to ask you as well, mate, was um obviously the media have obviously done a good job on you know portraying you as the bad man all this time, and then you get a lot of media as well who kind of like hype up the fact that all the amazing work you have done highlighting the people that have, you know, been very much part of these grooming gangs now have been Asian men, and you get people giving you stick for like why are you going after the white people. I I'm in a, I'm a in a no win situation. I know yeah. I, I, I see it and go like does it matter like who, where they're from? If they're like preying on your kid, does it really matter? Like it, they're being getting? I'm
1: trying. And ex- i trying to explain it. Say so, you might have a football commentator.
0: Mm. You
1: don't start commentating on rugby. Mm. I'm commentating on a single issue that is the biggest issue. Mm. Pa- Pakistani men make up two percent of the UK. Mm. They're responsible for ninety percent of the criminal convictions for this type of paedophile grooming gang. Thirty mm. percent of those men are called Mohammed. I'm focusing on it because it's a massive, massive problem. Mm. And I'm focusing on it because no one else dare focus on it. Mm. So, and when I was focusing on it, when I started focusing on it, there was no word grooming. I knew of a grooming gang. This was a hidden agenda. These, these crimes were still hidden. They mm. still were not accepted. We've shifted from them to now calling it grooming, which is a rape, jazz, yeah, It's a violent rape of young children. But they have worded it grooming to give it a bit of an easier swallow for the public. So they worded it grooming. We've now moved on from grooming and then saying Asian men, and labeling all the Hindus and Sikhs in the same bracket, to now saying it's a Muslim problem. We've done that. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. We have shifted that. And I don't say me, yeah? I don't say me, because when I sat at the English Defence League, and we marched through those cities, people lost their jobs, lost their careers, and went to jail, yeah? They all played their part massively in highlighting this issue. They were the... I, I used to listen to radio commentary, radio, radio debates, and I'd have some real tough, educated dude on the radio, yeah? And you'd have an English fencing support, or right? or someone affected by these problems, and they just belittle them and ruin them because mm. he's clever And I sit there and it infuriate me because I've listened. and think now your daughter's not affected by this. His are mm. that man who can't articulate why he's angry. Yeah, he's angry, right? Because he's seen his town change, he's seen his home change, he's seen he's seen violence, he's seen all these things. His daughters are scared. All these problems, he's angry. Yeah, and just because he can't come <laughs> on the radio and articulate, him, you condemn him and you belittle him. And I think that the reason that I amassed a good following is because I'd go into those situations and I could articulate myself as to why I am. Mm. I could articulate and say what I've seen. And what I've seen is always different to what the radio would present. I remember Jeremy Paxman. When I went on with Jeremy Paxman, I was scared. It was my first big interview. And that everyone was saying I was going to get massacred by him. Mm. And I knew he was like the, the BBC, the, the toughest interviewer. But when I went on with him, I asked him five questions. I said, do you know anyone who's been, who's hooked on heroin, sold to him by like that? Do you know who's been killed by us like that? Do you know anyone who's been raped by numbers? Do you know, mm-hmm. do you know mm-hmm. girls you went to school with who we are converted now? We're I said in five different things, and he just sat there. And when we ended the show, he said, do you know what? Said, Off camera, he said, when you ask me those five questions, you're totally right, Tommy. I don't know anyone. Mm-hmm. I can't, and neither can any of us even mm-hmm. pretend to understand.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I said, I get that. So, I get that, yeah? But you need to pretend to listen. Yeah. Like, I get you're not going to understand it because you're not mm. experiencing it, but you should be... So I, I used to describe the English League protests on the streets as a cry for help.
0: Mm. We didn't know how to change it
1: we don't know how to address it but we're telling you it's a problem
0: and what he's his exact answer then is exactly what the problem's been for the like la- at least the, the last few years and beyond in terms of the amount of distractions that put in front of your faces so you're never going to know any of this stuff because you have all these distractions put in like fucking Love Island and all the other nonsense right and that's what And they break everyone down. you're that's you like your white, yeah. you're gay, you're straight. And that's what I mean. They make the dude out to be the bad guy. It's um, you know, they, they put all these things in place all the time to distract you from the very thing that we should be doing, which is connecting with each other. How so families? Families, you know, with no religions because there was ne- religions weren't a thing in the past. A strong family. That's it, and it's a, a, we all are part of that family like, as, as human beings. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and that's what's been it's been a massive attack on that and on that connection yeah. and to disconnect it as like, as much as possible, you know. Um, where, where do you see things going in terms of the line of what you're doing in the next sort of six to 12 months? Do you see the awareness of just how bad this is in this country alone? I think that the biggest problem we have is big tech. Mm. Well, I'm a big farmer actually now. <laughs> Jesus, they just
1: keep adding to it, don't they? Yeah. They're all the same Yeah. It's the same.
0: Yes. It's the same.
1: But I think the big, big tech, because do you know how disheartening is? I used to buzz off the fact I was changing opinion. Mm and I buzz off reading people's comments saying you made me think you made mm. me this and I knew that if I could reach people so then when, you, when, you're, when you're deleted when mm. you're made invisible um, it was a hard thing to I know that the, so in my head I'm, I'm on episode 4 I'm doing 7 or 8 episodes in Telford then I've got a box set then I'm going to spend 12 months promoting that box set in every town city across this country mm. whether it be doing a tour and bring yeah. a screen in different cities to promote the fact that I've made because yeah. most people won't know there's a box set called The Rape of Britain where you can actually see the men who've been raping the girls, you can see the crimes, yeah. we expose the corrupt places, mm. yeah? People need to see that. And this has been a Godsend Get. Yeah. For anyone who hasn't downloaded it, download <laughs> the app get out It's where you can follow our work. But it is disheartening when I make a film that gets three, four, five hundred thousand views, When well, it should be it should be viewed by millions. Mm. And the girls have been that courageous to tell their stories to help other girls. Um I see the next six, 12 months and more, I just see things getting worse and worse and that's probably a bit of a hard pill to swallow, which is what, what before I'd done this episode, I had to prepare myself mentally mm. for months. I went, got, I went to a martial arts training camp for three months. Amazing. Just to get fear, mm. to get mentally fear, because I thought they're gonna throw everything at me when I do this. Mm. And, um, and they have I'm yeah. in
0: court every week do yeah. you see it as a lot there's as a, as a big test like you're constantly being tested all the time I think
1: yeah I see that it's a test of who you are so I always say that your character is chiselled by the experiences you what you experience in your life mm. so do I regret anything no I don't because I learn from it is it difficult yeah. it is um, mm. because it's difficult and I see how difficult it is for family members. so I can put it on a brave face. even just recently when I went to Mexico with my family um, my kids they nicked me in the air, mm. detained me in front of the children, and then deported me. And I had to see the pain on their face again.
0: Mm.
1: And um, so, I li- I, I, what I do is what I've done this morning. So, I landed back at Luton Airport, one of the kids, uh, at three o'clock this mm. morning. I drove straight, picked up my camera at half four, drove straight to Telford, uh, met the police, and found our, one of our alleged rapists. Um, he came out of his house at nine o'clock, we were waiting there from half six. Then I went to South Bound, Telford Police. I've drove down here to you. I'm doing another podcast after this. I'm in Wales tomorrow. I will schedule my week and go mental. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just turn off. Mm -hmm. So that's the only one. But it's hard to turn off when I'm dealing with all these victims. Mm -hmm. It's hard. So sometimes I think, was I in the right position to do this with the girls? Because I do just turn off. Mm -hmm. Like that week I turned off. And then I'll have time with my kids. Yeah, I pick them up from school, drop them up, drop them to school, tennis, unboxing, and I literally just dedicate my time to them. When I'm working, I'm working. How do you so find the How, how do you 15%. find the
0: change in hats? Because like sometimes I find it quite difficult. So sometimes I had a bit of a crazy week last week, and I literally went from like a really crazy day to then coming here coaching football. So it's like quickly like change those hats. Like, how do you find that? Yeah, it's the only way I deal. with it. Mm. is to, to. It's the only way. I
1: remember saying. And I say to anyone who gets involved in this activism, don't let it take over your life. Because yeah? it took over mine.
0: Mm.
1: And you end up, I said with the English Defence League, you end up being a bad dad, you end up being a bad husband, a bad son. You don't dedicate your time to your family that you should. Um, I learned that very early on in my activism with the English Defence League because I was an amazing leader to the English Defence League because I just didn't care. And I was just, boom, we're coming, for you know, we're doing this and nothing's stopping
0: us. Mm. But then... Um,
1: and then I realised, so I don't talk in front of the kids. I don't talk in front of the family about politics. So for them, it was very, even for my ex-wife at the time, until things come to the house, she don't see Tommy Robinson. Mm. She just sees Stephen, father of three. Yeah? Yeah. She just sees her husband. That's what she saw. Because I wouldn't talk about it. That's all. So mm. my phone goes, I won't answer it. from mm. And if I do, I walk down the road. So they're not listening to the politics. They're not listening to... Because it it has an adverse effect on me. I don't want them to be Mm. affected by it, a bizarre balance,
0: isn't it? Yeah, my kids are watching this like right now thinking, like, take a leaf out of Thomas, but Dad's... I know. Dad's doing well, <laughs> mate. Dad's talking about it. It's what we need. Um, so what's your, what's your message to people out there who are kind of a bit confused about what's going on in the world at the moment who might want to kind of like, see... explore what more's out there to look at because it is a bit of a crazy place. There is a lot of crazy today. things going on. and People just, just really going about their everyday lives not knowing that there's actually... Pretty no, much like a, a, a war going on. My me- yes. Yeah, there is.
1: My, me- my message would be that you can, if you carry on going about, you're here once, yeah. yeah? And you're going to leave a generation after you, okay? You're going to leave kids, we are going to leave kids, we are going to leave kids. So you might make the decision, as many people do, that I'm comfortable, okay? And this isn't affecting me. But if you understand truly that everything that's happening now is going to affect your children, and it's going to affect their children, and they're not going to enjoy the same freedoms that you enjoyed, and the same freedoms that you. your, your parents or their grandparents sacrificed their lives and run into beaches for, with a death rate of seconds, they've done that to hand down a safe and prosperous Britain to us, so we can enjoy freedom. If we're going to close our eyes and give those freedoms away, but through cowardice, or through wanting a nice car, or through wanting money, then you need, really need to check yourself and ask yourself what you're doing. And then look at your kids, and look at your, free ba- look at your babies, look them in the face and think, Am I doing everything I can to make sure they have a safe future? And I know that the majority of you know that what's happening is wrong. I know the majority of you don't agree with the COVID lockdowns, don't agree with the vaccine, don't agree with most of it, but are too scared to say so. And the only way that any change we bought is when the masses start to say something. So at the minute, while they can keep it fringe elements like myself talking, or they can keep it other little fringe elements talking about it and label and smear those people. Every, and I understand people are scared to talk about it. People are scared because of their jobs. But even just sharing things you can all play your part you don't have to go we're not saying come out on a demonstration no one's saying go go fight no one's saying attack anyone I'm just saying talk talk to your friends talk to your family make sure that what you research and if you research things and find things make sure you talk to everyone and you share it with them. and you make sure that there's a, a that the public are becoming aware of what's happening but i think most people are aware mm. i think most people are aware and you know look, watch the elections in austria There was elections in austria yeah uh, six years ago probably when the Freedom Party won the elections, all of a sudden, the celebrities start talking. Mm. I think there'll be a shift from left to right that will happen so quick, so fast, yeah, when it happens. Because everyone's like, everyone's built up, everyone's frustrated, everyone's seeing wrongs across the board, when pe- so people aren't talking about it. but I think at some point, they're gonna start screaming about it. They're gonna get so frustrated. And then we're seeing, you're already seeing it in the election, what's happening in different elections, and that's where big tech have interfered to try and stop it Mm. and obviously censor everyone and censor everyone because they don't know what to do Mm. because they they don't know what to do because their future for you is slavery yeah their future for you is not success their future for your children is control
0: I can't believe people aren't willing to fight against that Mm. no one's control no one's controlling me, so no one's certainly not controlling my kids. Well, it's, I think it's because uh, the ones that are basically raising these, this awareness of, you know, quote unquote, fighting back, um, you know, haven't let all those distractions and the fact that everything's done, made easy for us. You know, you've got an app for everything, you can fucking order some food yeah, yeah, right yeah. now, like, and we're all comfortable. And for safety. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's just all, uh, it's everything's has been designed to make you comfortable, so you don't have to I think the good,
1: the good thing is that people who, so with myself, it's quite easy to marginalised me because of the way I talk, because of the way I've act, because of some of my convictions. Um, if it wasn't for that upbringing, I would never have stood the test. Mm. I would never have carried on. Yeah, mm. So you have to take the good with the bad. But what COVID's done, you have got doctors now, yeah. well-educated, with zero blemishes, who are now putting their reputations and their careers on the line. Yeah. These people need support mm. in a massive way. You've got, like, look at Matt Matissio. He didn't have to talk mm. out. He didn't have to talk out. He was loved, loved. Yeah. Put himself on the line to be hated. Not just himself. You have to understand that. When people are talking, you're putting everyone online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're coming for everyone.
0: His family's had the brunt of it.
1: And they'll go for not just your family. They'll go for their jobs. They'll go for everything. Mm. They'll try and destroy everything to because they want to set an example. So they'll use me or they'll use him or they'll use you. Mm. And if they can demonetize you and silence you and stop you, then it sends a message to them. Mm. So all my message would be is um, get talking. Mm. Get talking and get supporting.
0: Anyone on the alternative side because... People need support. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they yeah. do need our support and people need to start offering it, but actually start seeking it as well because I think a lot of people do know what's happened. They do know that it's not been right, but they, they don't see that support maybe around them, plus an element of wanting to swallow pride. Yeah. Um, which is and they don't thing. accept. So, so, I get it, because mm-hmm. I've had friends who got the vaccine mm-hmm. and we're in a school group
1: and i banter them every day about it, every time they set up so late. Like, but um,
0: a lot of people don't just want to swallow and accept they're wrong. Mm-hmm. What? you're wrong but there's yeah. so much help on the other side of it. that's the thing there's like the, the very same doctors that have been censored are the ones that are like here's a protocol that can help you know detox the shit yeah, detox been, you the, the you shit should, that's been put in your body it. like it's there yeah. you just need to take that step forward and, and actually like and I tell you what when well, you taking a step into that family we know full well from being around the country doing talks and stuff like that just how amazing those communities are that are like I've op- uh, got massive open arms for the very people that are the ones who have been harmed and the ones who are trying to look after
1: yeah
0: and,
1: uh, and, that's, uh, and
0: that's what's needed nationwide mm, absolutely. and community is needed mm. mate it's been absolutely fantastic having the show today I really thanks, appreciate thanks the, time. For the time I, appreciate I really it. appreciate, it. It. Really appreciate. No, Thanks, guys and girls I hope you took a lot away from today's episode uh, as Thomas said there like, it's important to talk about like, have just got to get talking the more, you sh- the more we share the more we care it's as simple as that um, if you enjoyed today's show share with at least one person please please um, Tom's message is absolutely fantastic, and I'm really glad to come in today so people can see the real you as well. Yeah, no, thanks. Uh, And being on the other end of the mic and uh, sharing your story, you know, at the end of the day, you're like many other people out there, you're a father, husband, you know, friends, yeah, yeah, friends, do you know what I mean? Pain in the ass of the politicians like the rest of us, you know? We all should be a pain in the ass of the politicians. And and then, well, at the end of the day, who who consented to 650 people governing 67 million? You know what Mm. I mean? It's, uh, and that's what we've seen. Uh, but from me and Tommy, look after yourself, ladies and gents, and I'll see you very soon on the AJ Robert Show. Thank you.